gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. All right, Mike. Night podcast. This is the Town Loan Podcast, recorded after dark, like Skinamax. Mm-hmm. How are you doing today? You mean tonight? All right, Mr. Pedantic <laughs> over here. Yes, how are you doing tonight? I'm just doing great. I'm feeling wild. It's a, it's a night podcast. I hope everybody listened to our bonus pod this week because it slapped. Yeah, uh, over under pod. Uh, turned out really good. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Had a good time with it. Um, I guess I should say I am your host, Adam, and as with me, as always, my co-host, Mike Regan. Mike... I have a cold open for you, but first I want to tell you a quick story about how I cut open my fingers. Okay. So my upstairs neighbor, who I have never talked to before in my entire life, comes down and knocks on my door in the middle of the day, which to me is sociopath behavior. Who knocks on someone's door in 2023? So, open my door with my gun at the ready, uh, talk to him, and he's like, hey, I'm moving out to a building that has centralized air. I have a really nice window unit. Would you like this window unit? Oh, hell yeah. Free free window AC unit? I'm all about it. So I go upstairs to his apartment, and he starts undoing the brackets on it. And he's like, okay, here's the last bracket. Let's put our hands on the back of this thing. And so when we get rid of this last bracket, it won't fall out the window. So he undoes the last bracket. We both take on the weight of the thing on our hands, pick it up, and then it just starts dumping water everywhere. I don't know if you're familiar with AC units. Apparently they do that. Wasn't mm-hmm. aware of that. So, he goes, oh my god, it's fine, I have towels and a mop, let's just set it down. And we go to set it down, and he, like, puts it down a little faster than me, and the metal mesh on the back just cuts into my fingers, on, like, my pointer finger and my middle finger on my right hand. Just, I mean, slices them clean open in multiple spots. So, I set down the thing, I pick up my hand, because my hand hurts all of a sudden, and I look at it, and I just start pouring blood down my hand, down to my elbow. Dude, it's like... Every match that Cody Rhodes had in AEW levels of blood. So I go, hey, I'll be right back. I got to go clean this up. And he looks over at a random guy he's never met before, covered in blood in his almost empty apartment, and goes, oh my god, do I need to call an ambulance? <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm all good. Let me just go downstairs and clean it up. So I go downstairs, destroy two or three rags, getting my blood to stop flowing bandage it up, and go back upstairs, and he hasn't moved the AC unit at all. It's just sitting in a puddle, and he's, like, clean, mopping up around it with towels. So I just pick up the AC unit, walk downstairs, and toss it into my bathtub to let it leak, and then go clean up blood that's dripped all over my pa- or all over my floor. It would have been awesome if you came back from clotting your blood, and he was gone, the apartment was just completely empty. <laughs> he got what he wanted. <laughs> Was it worth it? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, okay. If you told me I had to slice my fingers open to save $300, I would do it. That's fair. Uh, Mike, my other thing is, I I want you to make a pledge. Okay. Do you pledge to vote Josh Allen for MVP, even if he's convicted of election fraud in Georgia? <laughs> yeah, sorry. You know, I got a ride or die with okay. my guy. <laughs> You pulled a uh, uh, Chris Christie there, where you looked around at everyone else and waited for them to vote before voting yeah. yourself. Boy, this country. All right, Mike, that's all I uh, all I really had for the cold open. Did you want to cold open anything? 
No, but you said Chris Christie, so now I'm being haunted by the image of Ron DeSantis's weird smile. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that online. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Ron DeSantis is another guy that looked around when everyone raised their hand to pledge mm-hmm. to vote for Trump. And was like, it was like he was cheating off everyone else's homework before he voted. He wanted to make sure everyone else was raising their hands first. Yeah. Real leadership behavior out of that guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, Mike. Well, it's been quite a week of sports. Uh, first off, not on the rundown, so I just wanted to hit it real quick. The FIBA World Cup started uh, today. The United States trounced New Zealand 99-72. to with Paolo Bancaro leading the way. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think he had 19 or 20 points. This USA roster is pretty good. Like, this is going to be one of those that we kind of look back on, like the dream team, just because there's so much talent on it. They're just all young, so it doesn't feel like the dream team. So I know you said FIBA World Cup, but the only words that registered in my brain were World Cup. So when you read the score, I was like, wait, a soccer game? <laughs> like, <laughs> to what? That kind of blew my mind. But now I get it. Yeah, we, US, yeah. that's our sport. Like, Basketball? I know, like, pe- yeah. people say, like, baseball is America's favorite pastime, but, like, look at the records we dominate in basketball. Yeah, if you talk sports that have an international presence, our sport is basketball. Yeah. Now, if you talk sports that don't have an international presence, it's, like, a league ahead of everyone else in football. No one can match us in football. No one else plays it. <laughs> yeah, who's the best non-American football player in the world? Pierre Garçon. <laughs> From... Louisiana, but okay. <laughs> Cajun, not French. Same thing. Kurt Warner. Is he not American? He just played in the CFL. Oh, that's true. Doug Flutie <laughs> played in the CFL. Remember, like, the NFL's failed EuroLeague? Vaguely. Like, the, now that you say that out yeah. loud, I vaguely do. I think it di- finally died, like, late aughts or, like, early 2010s. But I remember, like, playing Madden 06, and you can play as, like, the European teams. So, real quick, before we get too far off track, I did, uh, I, I had a, a little mini victory lap I wanted to go over. Oh, yeah, I saw that on the rundown. So, today was Paolo Bencaro's day in FIBA, but the second warm-up game against Germany, Anthony Edwards dropped 34 points in a 16-point comeback win. Afterwards, his quote was, man, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> did you see, uh, did you see Spolstra talking him up? I, I've seen Spolstra talking him up, I've seen Kerr talking him up. They're trying to poach him. Watch out, man. Oh, my God. If the Heat end up with another player off the Timberwolves and we're still stuck with Towns and Gobert, I might stop watching basketball. I don't know. Does, uh, does Edwards get up at 4 a.m. to go to the gym every day and, and do sprints during practice? Does he live the Heat culture? No, I think he just kind of jogs back and forth between Popeyes and then drops 34 against Franz Wagner. Mamba mentality greater than Heat culture. That's a true work ethic, the Mamba mentality. Uh, the other victory lap I had here, oh, which, by the way, I did want to point out, um, Anthony Edwards also hit the game-tying three-pointer with 5.17 left in that Germany game. It was a walk-up three-pointer. He takes the ball from one end of the court to the other and just steps into a, a three at the line and sinks it to tie the game. It was awesome. All about it. Who's the top player in Germany's team? Franz Wagner, probably. Franz Wagner, yeah. And then uh, New Zealand was Joe Harris, I think. It was this. So it was this guy named Delaney, who I had never heard of before in my life, but apparently is an Australian player. But then Joe Harris was on that team too. Wait, Matthew Delvadova wasn't on the team. <laughs> Matthew Delvadova is Australian. Yeah, he wasn't on. Oh, New Zealand. Isn't Giddy Australian too? Yeah, Giddy Delvadova, Ben Simmons, 
That's all the Australians I can name. Yeah. You always forget Ben Simmons is Australian, don't you? I do. I was about to be like, I thought he was Canadian, but he doesn't have an Australian accent, does he? Yeah, he does. You just have never heard him talk because he's too busy being injured and away from the team. Yeah, doesn't talk a lot, doesn't shoot a lot. Very, very reserved gentleman. Uh, also, the other the other thing I wanted to, to hit on here, um, unfortunately, because of the timing of recording our podcast, we are literally a week out of date at this point as Washington is currently playing Cincinnati in the last preseason game. Oh, yeah. But uh, last week, Washington breaks the streak. The Commanders, they break the Raven streak. And uh, Sam Howell, look at a little frisky. A little frisky. A little frisky. frisky. A little, yeah. little frisky. Yeah, uh, I uh, <laughs> I was going to say I actually won a little bit of money on that game. Oh, really? Who'd you bet yeah, on? They, uh, they kicked the field goal, and they were down, like I think, like one point. I think it was like 21 21- – was it twenty one seventeen or twenty one twenty at that point? Um, you talking before they kicked their final field goal? Yeah, yeah. So it would um, have been, t- been twenty eight twenty seven or twenty eight twenty six. Sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they were still down two, but there was still like a decent amount of time left, and they were like plus two hundred to win it. So I was like, yeah, why not put a little bit of money on it? I'm proud of you. Proud of you for betting mm-hmm. on my guys after I gave you so much shit last year when you bet against the Wolves. Every year there's like some weird Commanders game I win money on. <laughs> That's uh, better than I can say for myself. Um, yeah. But yeah, Sam Howell, 19 for 25, 188 yards and two touchdowns. Jake Fromm had a good game too. 29-28 win on a Joey Sly walk-off field goal. You uh, know Joey Sly's never hit a walk-off before? Grand slam or field goal. Yeah, never hit a walk-off grand slam either. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike, you ready to get into the, the real news from this week or you got anything before we get there? Meat and potatoes. Now let's do it. All right, so we'll start with the meat and end with the potatoes. Um, Trey Lance traded to Dallas. Yeah. Sent to the Cowboys for a fourth, and Trey Lance will slot into third place on the depth chart between the, or behind the Nooch. The Nooch. Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci. The Nooch Meister General. So I'm just going to take the low-hanging low hanging fruit here. Mm-hmm. Say uh, Dak Prescott and Trey Lance – Worst three-legged race combo ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I did it. So that's the joke you were texting me about yesterday. Yeah. Um, uh, so I uh, I have this theory that Trey Lance's career is perfectly predicted by the NFT market. Okay. So in 2021, Shanahan pays a shitload to get Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Three firsts and a third to move up to the number two spot in the draft and take Trey Lance. Yeah. Then in 2023, two years later, he can only get a fourth for him. If that isn't the NFT market, I don't know what is. I was it was unfortunate. He sat his first year behind Jimmy, and then they were gonna go with him last year and he got hurt. And I guess he just had I mean a bad camp and a bad preseason, and that was that. Brock Purdy just took it from him. Maybe we just shouldn't draft quarterbacks from North Dakota State anymore. Maybe that's the lesson. Yeah, at least Carson Wentz had like a moment in time there. Where yeah, he that one good. like MVP season. Yeah. It's just and then getting, he got hurt. The, the microcosms are getting smaller. Carson Wentz had one good season. Trey Lance had that Bears game that he looked really good in last season. Mm-hmm. The next quarterback draft at North Dakota State is going to have one good quarter. Yeah, like, I don't know what's funnier, like, Carson Wentz getting like shown up by Nick Foles or Trey Lance getting out like beat out by Mr. Irrelevant. 
it's really it's it's like Wild. a solid levels of magnitude right because when you consider the fact like you think of like the draft disparity like trey lance and carson Wentz, i think we're taking in the same spot right they were both second overall pick or maybe yeah. was trey lance third something like that right and then you have to think of like the magnitude of what they get beat by like nick Foles was a better prospect than brock purdy so initially you would say it's funnier that brock purdy beat out trey lance than it is nick Foles beating out carson Wentz. but the difference is nick Foles won a super bowl so you kind of he won Super Bowl MVP. So you really have to weigh the scales there. What's funnier, the guy getting beat out and winning Super Bowl MVP, or just the number two overall pick getting beat out by Mister Irrelevant? I mean, if, if you're the Niners, you just really have to hope that uh, Purdy doesn't, you know, continue the path of Nick Foles. <laughs> How can he not? He was Mister Irrelevant. Yeah, and I mean now now teams have a full season of tape on him, you know. Yeah, you're right, because that was what was really keeping him afloat, was the teams <laughs> didn't have tape. Not just sheer blind luck in the mad genius that is Kyle Shanahan. There was some intern in the tape room just, like, covered in rolls of, like, old film tape, freaking out because he didn't have anything on Brock Purdy. Yeah. So, uh, you want to you, you wanna hear all of Trey Lance's total stats? Yeah. Regular season or preseason? Regular season. <laughs> Eight career games. Eight career games that started and came in okay he went 56 for 102 so just like like 54 percent 797 yards five touchdowns three interceptions added 54 rushing yards or 54 rushes for 235 yards and a touchdown man if you would have told me if you would have gave me the over under on Trey Lance's like passing attempts in regular season games. Like if you would have set it up like 75, I probably would have taken the under. Like yeah, I just don't exactly. have a memory of him throwing that many passes, but the yards also kind of blew my mind too. The rushing yards, 235 yeah. rushing yards. I mean, I know it was eight games, but I don't, I can't recall a single Trey Lance run of like more than five yards. Yeah. I mean, he was supposed to be Mr. Uh, Tall, strong, and fast. Just to be a little uh, Anthony Richardson, a, a more slender, mm-hmm. leaner Anthony from Richardson. a D2 school. Yeah. So, do you think they should have just taken Justin Fields? I mean, uh, hindsight, it's so easy. But should they have just taken Justin Fields? You're the Justin Fields guy. I mean, maybe in hindsight, they shouldn't have taken either of them. You know? Yeah, right. I'd they should have gone with Mac Jones. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at the draft and see like who would have been there at their original pick that would better serve them now. But it's like not it's not and just T Law and Zach Wilson are the only ones who went before him. Yeah, so yeah, he but, was the number three pick because T Law and Zach Wilson went. It's just like not fair that they whiff on this Trey Lance thing and then they're still like a favorite to win their conference this year. Like that's not fair. Other the- the organizations so good though. <laughs> yeah, other organizations sit on their balls and it haunts them for decades. I can't think of a single organization that's ever happened to. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I was trying to think of like a funny retort and my mind blanked. <laughs> uh, Robert Griffin III. Um, all right. <laughs> man, this draft. Fuck this draft, man. All right. Ready ready to hear the top 10 from this draft? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson. Trey Lance. Kyle Pitts. Jamar Chase. Jalen Waddell. Pinay Sewell, J.C. Horn, 
Patrick Sertain, Devontae Smith. What a fucking top 10, eh? Yeah, not great. Oh, how did Sertain? How did Sir Tampan out? He's in Denver, right? Yeah, he's good. He's he's he's, good. he's made the All Pro. JC Horn's also really good. Devontae Smith, good. Devontae Smith's pretty good. Fields at eleven. I'm not a Fields guy. But then Micah Parsons, Rashawn Slater, Elijah Farah Tucker, Mac oh, Jones, yeah. fifteen. Mac yeah. fucking Jones. I covered this uh, draft a little bit last week when I talked about the players that went after Kyle Pitts that Falcons could use more right now. Yeah. Oh my god, imagine if like the Niners had like gotten like Micah Parsons. Oh yeah. Imagine if they had gotten Micah Parsons. Imagine if they had taken Sertan. What'd they trade up from? They traded out of the Micah Parsons pick. Yeah, I was gonna say, because it was twelve and uh I got more notes on that trade package and how it ended up playing out for a later segment, but um That's great. Can I guess what segment it is? <laughs> uh guess. Is it stock up, stock down? Stock up, stock down, yeah. Can I guess uh, what, what direction you're going here? you going stock down on Trey Lance? A few things in there. You'll see. You'll see. Okay, okay cool. I'm looking forward to it. Can't give it all away. All right, Mike, any, uh, any other Trey Lance thoughts? Any thoughts on this trade? What do you think that uh, the quarterback room is going to look like in, in Dallas? Um, Feel good for Sam Darnold? gonna look like that uh there's that guy from spongebob who's like always in a body cast or like he's all oh yeah every every morning he breaks his legs and every night he breaks yeah. his arms okay no there's the character who like off screen like something will happen oh, he'll, he'll hear him go <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the qb room um, i like it yeah we need to figure out a way to shorten that and do a good nickname but i like yeah. that uh but i mean i mean i don't know if you're trey lance uh stay ready because dak has a knack to get hurt, and you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the newt shits the bed and they give Trey Lance a shot. Yeah. All right, Mike. So that's not the only thing making waves this week. The Indianapolis Colts of Indianapolis gave permission to Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade, but he only has until Tuesday. So, Mike, what is the most fun trade destination for Jonathan Taylor? First, I like it when you hear, like, they gave a team or a player permission to seek a trade. It's like, okay, well, the team still has to be involved in the decisions. <laughs> like, Taylor um, can't go out there and make his own trade. It's basically I, like, it's like I, you do the legwork, and then we'll can, approve it or decline it. Have you heard about this Jim Irsay orca whale thing that's been going on? No, I, heard, I saw a reference to it, and I was like, I have no idea. So, okay, first off, Jim Irsay very publicly refusing to pay Jonathan Taylor any more money. On the other end of thing, uh, Jim Ursay just attempted to fly Lolita the Orca Whale from captivity in the Miami Sequarium back to the Pacific Ocean. This orca uh, was 53 years old, which, by the way, apparently orcas live to be like 90, 95 and then on the Pat McAfee show, Ursay talking about this said, she's healthy, I've got the money, let's move her. Speaking about the orca whale moving it back to the Pacific Ocean. Bob Barker lived longer than an orca whale. He died today at 99. Wait, Bob Barker died today? Yeah, 99. Damn, man. Spay and neuter your pets. <laughs> Speaking of taking the low-hanging fruit. Um, but right before he flew... This orca whale out to the ocean, 
it died. <laughs> That's not funny. And Ursay, who once again will not pay Jonathan Taylor any more money than he's supposed to get paid this year, said, who just like seems like generally not a likable guy, said, the story of Lolita, the orca, has been near and dear to my heart. I am proud and enthusiastic to play a role in finally returning Lolita to her Pacific Northwest. What the fuck is going on with Jim Ursay? Jim Ursay won't pay his all-pro running back. He's out here talking shit about Dan Snyder still. He publicly said that he told Jonathan Taylor that he could die today and no one would care. And then he spent... He was going to spend $20 million to fly an orca back to the Pacific Ocean, who died shortly before being flown. Yeah. Um, he's, he's an eccentric fellow. Yeah, eccentric. He, he's eccentric the way that Willy Wonka's eccentric. Yeah. So, so my favorite potential landing spot for Taylor. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, where, would you, where would you fly Jonathan Taylor to for $20 million? It would be pretty wild if he ended up on the Bears. The Bears. Maybe he can like, throw passes since no one else on that team can. Yeah, like with that offensive line and like the way they ran the ball last year, like Jonathan Taylor? Sheesh. Like that who's would their, be pretty awesome. Who's their top running back right now? Khalil Herbert? Yeah. That would be a huge upgrade. Yeah. Uh, can, I, can I give you one of mine? Yeah. San Francisco. And they keep McCaffrey. Have they been rumored? No, I'm not talking about oh, okay. I'm talking what's the most fun. Oh, gotcha. Like, imagine a lineup of Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, and Kittle. So we're not no even one, like... No one's going to know where the ball's going and what's yeah. going to happen. Like, pre-snap, all four of those guys could line up anywhere, and everyone would be confused. So we're picking just our favorites. We're not even, like, factoring in, like, a... T- actual plausible situation <laughs> nah fuck it i mean miami's okay. like been the front runner like there's been like major talks in miami that's not fun to talk about Nah. great tua can't throw accurately and can't stay on the field and then they'll have jonathan taylor jalen waddle and tyree kill it's a great skill position group there yeah. we've covered miami uh san francisco though i mean you, that talk about Talk about thunder and lightning with him and CMC. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Your your cousin just made a pick in our dynasty draft and nearly blew my eardrums off. I think it'd be hilarious if the Cardinals, who are like the favorite to have the worst record in the league and like are like in the process of offloading players to make that happen, like traded the farm for Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck are you doing? Uh, I also have uh, the Chargers on here. Ooh. Kind of, kind of a downgraded version of the San Francisco thing, but you get the the same like two back sets with Eckler and and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, like imagine a play action to Jonathan Taylor that then turns into a pass to Austin Eckler. That shit would be cool as fuck. What about a little uh, homecoming? He goes to Green Bay, back Is to Wisconsin. Did, yeah, he went to Wisconsin, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm coming home. I'm coming. We can. I can just see the Monday Night Football cringy promo package. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be kind of funny to drop him on the Jets and have the Jets who, like, have uh, Dalvin Cook, who's like, yeah, I'm going to be the guy here, too. And Brees Hall's like, I'm going to be the guy here. 
and then just drop Jonathan Taylor on top of those two dudes. He's like, no, guys, literally, I am the guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, out of those three guys, which one do you think Aaron Rodgers would like the best? Dalvin Cook, because he's probably the worst of the three. Yeah. And he's a uh, – Aaron Rodgers is an egotistical maniac, so he doesn't want anybody getting more press than him. Which one of those three guys do you think would be willing to do a darkness retreat? Like, I low-key think Brees Hall would be willing to do all the weird spiritual shit that yeah, Rodgers does. He's the youngest, so he'd yeah, probably he, be like, yeah. He can still, he can still be indoctrinated. <laughs> yeah, he, he can still be indoctrinated. Uh, I also have the Eagles on this list. Oh, man. Yeah, so you're talking pull blocking. You get two giant bodies in the backfield and JT and Rashad Penny just wearing down linebackers all game. And then what's that? Who comes to the outside? Who are the linebackers too tired to tackle? Fucking Justin, or Jesus Christ, fucking Jalen Hurts. Okay, keeping in the uh, NFC East, Brian Robinson and some picks for Jonathan Taylor to the Commanders. But I like Brian Robinson. That's true, but he can't dodge bullets. No. His pumped up kicks can't move faster than those <laughs> <Yes>. bullets. <laughs> I I love the idea of Brian Robinson, who's only been in the league for a few years ago, and thank God I finally got out from underneath Dan Snyder and then immediately getting traded to Jim Hersey's <laughs> team too. That would be the sad part for any of the commanders that get moved over there. They just got out. <laughs> it's like the godfather. <laughs> That's when I thought I was out. They bummed me back they in. Bummed me back in. Do you expect whatever trade happens for a running back to go back to Indianapolis? No, nah, it's got to be so much dumber than that. Like, what, once again, it's Jim Irsay with his fingers on this pulse. Like, we're not just saying, Chris Ballard, go do your thing. We're saying, like, this is very Jim Irsay-centric. So it's mm-hmm. going to be like, somehow Trey Lance is going to end up on the Colts now and get started over Anthony Richardson. Yeah, it's going to be something weird. If I was the Cowboys, like I said, I'm not buying my Tony Pollard stock, so I'd look into it. Oh, see, you know, ironically, I know we're doing a segment in a couple minutes here called Stock Up, Stock Down. But I will absolutely trade you all the Justin Field stock I have in my backlog from Mm pre-draft for any available Tony Pollard stock. I'll sell all the the Justin Field stock possible to get Tony Pollard stock. Then again, it would be kind of hypocritical for them to be like, oh, well, I mean, they, they franchise tag Pollard, so, yeah. Oh, God. they th- Yeah, I mean, you have to assume that wherever he goes, he's going to get a paycheck too, right? Because you're not going to give up assets yeah. for Jonathan Taylor and then not pay him. That's like, like a the classic and- NBA trade. Yeah, maybe not a sign-in trade, but a trade and sign. <laughs> can you? Yeah, can you do a sign-in trade in the NFL? Is that a thing? You oh. don't see it. The NFL doesn't fucking trade players. I don't think so because the NFL has those like such crazy dead cap you get hit with when you trade a, a big contract like that. Why does the NFL specifically organize things to be anti-trade? Probably because they don't want the players getting too much attention, you know? It's all, it's all about <laughs> it's the all shield, about the, baby. Yeah, it's all about the shield and the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. Mm-hmm. You watched Notre Dame Navy? Was that today? Kick your ass. Did Sam Hartman moving up the Heisman Trophy rankings? They played his he's hard the out. only person that's played a game. How could he not move up? <laughs> not true, but you know, he transferred from Wake Forest, play for a bigger program, get more shine, move up to draft boards. Is Notre Dame bigger than Wake Forest now? Okay, that is a dumb like question. In this <laughs> in year, 2023. 
Sure. Yes. I'm pretty sure they've won just as many playoff games as each other. In fact, I would argue Wake Forest has lost. I'm not responding game. to this line <laughs> of questioning or, or conversation. <laughs> Plead the fifth. Uh, hey, Mike, you want to take a, a quick football break here? You want to start, You want to stop talking about football for a second? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were you real confused where I was going with that? I was trying to remember the rundown instead of looking at it, and then I remembered. Uh, yeah. You uh, you got some Austin Matthews thoughts? You want yeah. You want to you want to give me the the contract, and then I got some questions for you. Yeah, it's a four by fifty three. So he's making now a highest paid player in the league at thirteen point two five AAV. We should mention for people that are tuning in who aren't hockey fans, this is the NHL, and Austin Matthews is an American playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, and it's also the easiest league to understand contracts in because you just basically divide the total by the years, and you're like, okay, yeah. that's what he's making every year. Why don't they do that for every league? Because it's got to make it complicated. The NBA and the NFL love complicated contracts. But anyways, first, um, first question I have for you, uh, overpaid or underpaid? You don't get to pick perfectly. Okay, well, then I don't know what you want me to say. You pick over or under? I mean, honestly, if the NHL was pay- players were getting paid to market value, then yeah, it's underpaid. Out of production and relative value, right? So we're not talking about like the market value, like the that the athletic tracks, but your anticipation of how impactful Austin Matthews is, overpaid or underpaid? Underpaid. Okay, I I agree with you. I think that Austin Matthews should be probably the second or third highest paid player in the league, but that number should be 16, 17 million yeah. a year. Uh, who do you think breaks his contract? So I got a few names written down, written down, written down. Written down? <laughs> yeah. So this one's a long shot, but he's coming up next year. He'll be. Leandro tw- Seidel. No, he'll be uh, 27 or 28 depending on when his birthday is. But wait, wait, he, uh, let, me, let me guess. Let me guess. 27 or 28, depending on when his birthday is. Contract coming up next year. Mark Stone. No. And it, it would take him having another 50-goal season, but Miko Rantanen's contract's coming up. He's uh, His last deal was a 6 by 55 at $9.25 million. Not... He could get up, maybe not break it, but he could get up to Matthews. Obviously, the big two people are going to talk about would be uh, in 25, Dreisaitl will be 29. His contract will be up. He's so underpaid. His last deal was an 8 by 68. He makes 8.5 million AV. <laughs> that's wild. That's like that's like second line numbers on the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Although, I guess it's also second line numbers on the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. And obviously, McDavid most likely will break it. He'll be 29 and free agency at 26. He's currently making 12.5 a year on his uh 8 by 100 million dollar contract. So he'll he'll definitely break it. Like that that's the most likely one. Jack Hughes, this is like a far out one, but he'll be a free agent at the age of 29 in the year 2030 of our lord. Now he's currently making 8 million a year cuz he signed that 8 8 by 64 million uh ex- extension. But if you think about the way contracts like six years from now will slowly inflate. I think he could get, he might be end up being higher than that number. If he hits his potential that he was expected to, when he was drafted. 
it is wild to me that NHL players sign these basement level contracts for really long periods of time. Yeah. Like Jack Hughes, if he had signed a three or four million dollar deal at eight million and went into his second contract at his like age twenty six season, he could have easily made fourteen, fifteen million a season after that. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It's like, yeah, it's it's just like the whole like the you know sacrifice for the team thing that hockey loves to do. You know it's gonna be. You know it's gonna be really fun. What? Twenty twenty six, the same year McDavid's contract is up, is the same year that Connor Bedard's ECL will be up. So I'd love to see he makes compared to mcdavid bedard will obviously only be 21 so it'll be a little bit different compared to mcdavid will be 29 damn really bedard's ecl will be up when he's 21 he's eight he's 17 right now 18 18 okay fuck man. oh and, and he's then tiny he's so tiny yeah and you want to ask me like who could break this uh austin matthews it's only a four-year deal he'll be 30 when he gets his next contract like it's totally plausible he breaks his own record see this is what i'm talking about Look what it takes to be the smartest guy in the room when it comes to making money. An American. That's right. Playing a Canadian sport. Free market, bitches. Free market. Ignore my Jack Hughes thing from earlier. Who is also notably an American. You think we could ever see, I wrote like one name down here, free agent in 2027, Cal McCarr. I know that seems wild. I wonder if a defenseman will ever get up to that kind of number. And actually be worth it. Like I was, yeah, was going to say, Eric Carlson, you mean? Yeah, Eric Carlson and some other dude who, had, I can't remember. But there's two defensemen. Oh, Drew Doughty is currently making 11 and a half. Yep. Um, so, that was great. And then, like, I think under them, Zach Wierenski is actually the third highest paid defenseman. Really? Yeah. Huh, would have guessed that. Eric Carlson, like, set back defenseman contracts by 10 years. Yeah, definitely. Because he got paid that much, and everyone was like, this is it. The wall's broken. The water's going to come rushing in. The defensemen are now going to start getting paid crazy, which means forwards are going to start getting paid crazy. We're going to see a $20 million a year contract in a few years. But instead, every NHL GM went, that guy's a fucking idiot. We're not doing that. Yeah. I mean, Makar is, like, such an all-around. Like, everything he does is so elite. I know he had, like, a slightly down year because of injuries, but... If he's at like peak Macar form when his contract's up and he's twenty eight, like he's making nine mil right now, maybe he could get up there. And also, like, think about how accomplished he is at twenty four years old. He's already Man. won a Norris. He's finished in top three Norris voting twice, I think, and he's won uh, a Con Smythe and a Cup. Yeah, dude's I can still, see it. I can see dude's, it. Dude's still like might be like my favorite non saber player. I fucking love to watch Cal Macar. When he's if like you at the ran in powers. to Kale McCarr in the Denver airport and he wasn't in any gear, would you recognize him? Yeah, he has a very distinct look. I don't think he does. I think he looks like every child on earth. Yeah, he, do- he has like a he has a real baby face. Yeah, he does. Rosy red cheeks and all. I think I'd recognize Nate McKinnon. Nate McKinnon's like low key a little bit ugly. <laughs> really? <laughs> Makes him stand out. Yeah. You ever look up a picture of Nate McKinnon? Nate McKinnon is one of the the biggest disparities and i'm sorry if nate mckinnon never hears this he's one of the biggest disparities in in hockey gear where he looks elite as a human to out of hockey gear kind of looks like a doofus oh yeah i can see that 
Yeah. Like, he's in the gear. You're like, oh, like, you know, kind of like a gritty, you know, like a, a gruff, attractive hockey player. And then you take it out of the gear and you're like, eh, not as, not as appealing anymore. You're like, that, that guy might paint Warhammer figures in his basement. Yeah, yeah. I, I can kind of see that. Man, I, apparently we <laughs> bring the flamethrower to the night podcasts. Um, Torching everybody. Fucking, how long have we been recording for? Uh, About 35 minutes. All right, Mike, you want to get to the stock up, stock down? Let's do it. So, stock up, stock down. The segment everyone already understands, and I don't really have to outline, but I'll outline anyways. The way it works is we're going to take players, and we're going to say how we feel their personal stock has gone during the offseason and preseason going into the NFL season. Mm-hmm. And if you do like this segment, I'm doing something similar come NFL season, where every week I'll have power rankings of my guys, which are dudes that I believe in higher than consensus. And aren't quite on all the radars yet but stay tuned to townalone.com if you want to see those power rankings or my twitter feed where basically all i tweet out is town alone stuff and occasionally retweet mike tweeting shorzy news at me we got to move to canada they get it a month early some shit that's some shit man or just get a vpn i guess i have one of those there you go i don't well i do for work anyways getting off topic here um you tell you what, Mike, since you've been uh, such a good sport today after being up for a real long time and setting mm-hmm. up our dynasty league that's currently drafting, you uh you want to go first here? You want to go with your first stock up, stock down? Yeah, sure. First, away. Uh, until we see the Jonathan Taylor return. And if the trade happens. <laughs> Someone who's near and dear to my heart. First stock up, Zach Moss, currently sitting. If you remove Taylor, he would be number one on the depth chart. Broken Little Zach. He's listening as questionable. <laughs> He's questionable with a broken arm? Uh, throw some tape on it. Get back in there, kid. Is Zach Moss RB1? Watch out. I think he uh, did – in Buffalo, we had a theory. Uh, by we, I mean me and my, my cousin. We talk about the Bills. That Zach Moss did something to, like, upset the offensive line because every time he got the ball, he just ran right into the back of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think they were almost blocking him intentionally you were that season when um Jameis winston got lasik and everyone was like what if he'll stop throwing picks now they got lasik yeah was that what the year after his problem was that the year after the 30 30 yeah year after the 30 30 he got lasik um what is that zach moss problem what if he just is like real nearsighted and he couldn't see the offensive lineman versus the gaps until he got right up in their ass even if you're nearsighted, you would see this massive, like, red, white, and blue blur. You should probably know that that's the offensive line. He, he was just patriotic. <laughs> he was trying to move closer to the flag. You should know that that's Mitch Morris's ass he's about to <laughs> ram into. I feel like that's something everyone should be cautious of. <laughs> Watch out for Mitch Morris's ass. You got, uh, you got any other notes on Zach Moss? Uh, no, no. Give me your stock down. All right, I wanted I wanted to go one way with this, Mike, but I'm going to let you take that stock down in a minute because I feel like you got some good notes on it, on the whole thing. So I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to – I got two stock downs here. You want me to go kicker or offensive line? I think – so the thing you're thinking is actually in my stock up. So if you want to go there with no, stock no, no. down. I'm, I'm, can... I'm curious to hear that. That's all you. But do you want to hear kicker or offensive line? Kicker has me intrigued. All right, stock down. Cade York. Second-year kicker for the Cleveland Browns. Went 75% on field goals last year. Not great. Not great. This year, in preseason, 50%. Including going, 
one for three from 40 plus yards. He is the lowest graded kicker by PFF in the preseason with a 28.4 overall rating. Cade York was drafted in the fourth round last year. High for a kicker. Very high for a kicker. Can't make field goals. Stock way the hell down. Yeah, not to lay into him, but uh, like that's like you only practice one thing at practice. <laughs> yeah, what, if, what else are you doing? Goal. Right? You're kicking field goals and like practicing kickoffs. Like, wow. <laughs> like, did it's Cade York getting distracted trying to practice his dropbacks in case they do a fake pass or something? <laughs> Maybe thinks like Deshaun's injury away, he might get the call. Uh, he's thinking Deshaun's a benching away the way he played last year. Uh, honestly, can't blame him that much. If I was Kate York and they said, yeah, we're thinking about benching Deshaun and putting in a backup quarterback, I'd be putting in my tryout tape. <laughs> All right, Mike, you got next? You want to do your uh, – oh, I'm now realizing that we, we're either going to have to go you get two stock ups and I get two stock downs or we're going to have to go stock up, stock down, stock down, stock up. We can snake it if you want. Yeah, and I got I got plenty of these, so we can, we can go yeah, whatever order you want. Just take one. Feel free to All go right. however you want. So am I doing stock down? <laughs> you could do go however you want. Do whatever you want. You know, fuck right. it. It's eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, something like that. I'll do a stock down then. Drink a beer, I'm chilling. Stock down. Why do you keep saying it like that? <laughs> I don't know. Stock down. Yeah. Stock down. Uh Shane Stinky, the Stiken. You and the Stinky, man. You you, you know? got like a you got a vendetta out against him. I do. The man who's causing people to bet the under on the Eagles win total uh, out here losing his best offensive player. Now it's just like Anthony Richardson, who's still very raw, and Michael Pittman Jr. Got to figure this out to prove that he is the offensive genius he says he is. You're telling That's me a, you don't think Quentin Nelson's his best offensive player? Uh, actually, he is. There you, you go. Know Notre Dame is another first-round projected uh, tackle on their team this year. But anyway, <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough, you know, like, is that, was that like the most, outside of getting a shot to be a head coach, like one of the most alluring parts of the roster was, oh, I get Jonathan Taylor. So like, you know, worst case scenario, Richardson shits the bed. We're just going to run it like 30 times a game and figure it out. And now it's yeah. like, oh, I got Zach Moss with one arm and Vic Ballard, if he's still there. Dion Jackson. Oh, Dion Jackson. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just run jet sweeps with Michael Pittman six times a game. Yeah. Good news is if they go like two and fifteen, you know, Jamerse will be busy trying to save some other animal <laughs> and return it to the wild, so so no one will notice. Jamerse will be on his bus talking about dying to a whale. Yeah, he'll be like, Oh, there's this antelope in a zoo named Betty. I want to take it back to the Sahara. She's four hundred and twelve years old and I'm gonna fly oh, I'm just being told that she's died in captivity. I also said take it back to the Sahara. I think I meant the Serengeti. Same thing, right? Or, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> the antelope would definitely die in the Sahara, does it? <laughs> be fucking hot, man. That's what they filmed Dune. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I, 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 man, I, I gotta, I really gotta go the opposite direction on you there from Shane Stinky. I'm such a big Shane Stinky guy. I know. <laughs> Just, uh, we gotta gotta get a nickname in for fans of Shane Steichen. Oh, the one in the stinks. I don't know. The stink faces. Yeah. Stink faces. <laughs> little stinkers. Little stinkers. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I'm a little stinker, man. I'm all about him. Just fucking smell all over me, man. I'll stink it up. <laughs> so what are we doing? Stock up. Yeah, you, you gotta stock up. 
for uh, devotees of my preseason power rankings, the race for the Gerald McCoy Trophy. This name's very familiar to you. Mike, do you know who I'm going to name here? I Mike spaced out for read a moment. Articles. <laughs> Sorry, I spaced out for a moment. As Mike doesn't read my writing, I guess I'll just tell you guys. Aiden O'Connell, <laughs> backup oh. quarterback to the Oakland Raiders. I mean, Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh. Fucking ridiculous preseason. This man looks so boring. He's like if Austin Matthews got a military haircut. He I'm trying to imagine that. <laughs> he's like, he looks like a dork. Unmemorable. Yeah. Terrible mustache. Great quarterback, apparently. Out of Purdue. Sitting behind Jimmy G, who took like 11 tries to finish his physical to get traded to... I almost said Oakland again, man. Las Vegas. I'm turning it into my dad. You know, like, how your dad is where when the Chargers first moved to L.A., he just still called him the San Diego Chargers and just never stopped? It's not your dad, personally. That's more of a royal your dad. Yeah, no, I just know how my dad continues to say the, the commander's old name. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, something like that, right? Like, just, they don't they don't ever evolve, right? It's like, you occasionally run into someone who still says St. Louis Rams, and you're like, oh, fuck, you're old. Yeah. But... Where's I going with this? Aiden O'Connell. Um, 92.8 overall grade in preseason, which is the second highest amongst quarterbacks. He goes 26 for 36, 304 yards and three touchdowns. 10.3 average depth of target, which would have made him the third highest last season. And just, you know, of course, to point out, it is a very small sample size, but still fucking tore it up in preseason, man. Ridiculously good. Stock up. Yeah, you, you put all those numbers together, it basically would be like one really solid regular season game, like box score. Yeah. Yeah, and, if someone uh, goes 26 for 36, 304 yards and three touchdowns, you'd be like, oh, nice game, dude. Yeah. Uh, can you name me another quarterback out of Purdue? Uh, easily. Um, Trace McSorley? No, he went to Penn State. Eh, fuck who? Drew Brees, man. Oh, really? Yeah. I was talking to my, my dad about Drew Brees today because we were trying to name quarterbacks who went to a second team and then were successful. My dad's Try old, it. so he named a bunch of old ones I'd never heard of. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another one. Drew Brees. is based around <laughs> Trey Lance, who uh, notably did not go to a second team and was not successful. Um, yeah. If it counts John Elway, who forced his way out of uh, New York when he got drafted... Yeah, he never played there. Yeah, he never played there, so it doesn't really count. Never played it down. Uh, Mike I mean, Vic. Oh yeah, fresh out of uh, fresh out <laughs> of the pin. Yeah, that uh, came back with a vengeance. That like comeback player of the year season, dude was a monster. Yeah, and then he like came back down to earth the next year. Yeah, but not that really. One season. That one next season, season feel good about. I feel like I remember him being like solid in the next season, but then after that, it was like, all right. it's kind of crazy. To think that Michael Vick went to prison for dogfighting, came out, returned to the NFL, and won an, an award. Vick was there, like so. I mean, yeah, he was. He did his time, and he came out a better man. Yeah, I was gonna say he was so ahead of his time. Like people, like back then, Vick was like a novelty, like a quarterback that's fast and can run. What? And then, like <laughs> now, it's like everybody's looking for a super strong arm. You know, fast, mobile, can scramble, like. Dude. Yeah, and uh but still it's it's like low key kind of crazy that he went to jail, came out and 
won a major award. Like, I don't think that would... I don't think that would happen now. Like, I think that social media has too big of an influence on that. But mm-hmm. I feel like it was also the right choice in the time. Yeah, he's talked so much about that whole thing where you really get the sense that, like... He's he young changed. and dumb. Yeah. yeah and he, he was changed. young and dumb and made a shitload of money early. Yeah. You know? Like, we, we might see something similar with John Morant in, like, 10 years. Dude, John, John Morant would not survive in prison. <laughs> I don't. I got a good feel about that. All right, is it a, a stock up for me? Yeah. All right, stock up. As you mentioned, the Miami Dolphins, a, a hindsight stock up. For so, you? yeah, and I hate to say it, but this is like someone rooting for Vader. They uh, not big Vaughn Vader, like Darth Vader. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> big Van. I realized Vader, I had to way. clarify to you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So part of that Lance deal was three first-round picks. The 2021 first-round pick they used to trade up and get Waddle. Mm-hmm. The 2022 first-round pick was part of the Tyreek Hill deal. And then the 2023 first-round pick, while he's not like, you know, what he was in his earlier career, was part of the Chubb deal. So instead of, you know, hanging around that pick where the Niners wanted to take trade Lance, they turned it into their dominant wide receiver pairing and, you know, a They're- solid pass rusher. I, I think he's their best pass rusher. I still think he's good, but that's yeah. that's opinion-based, sure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hell of a trade by Miami. Yeah. You know, you ever go back and look at the Tannehill trade? No. I wonder what they got in that, because I don't remember either. Mm-mm. Fuck, remember Adam Gase? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, the one pick they did keep was the 2022 uh, fourth-round pick where they took Channing Tindell. And I looked him up on PFF. Number's not good. Okay, good to know. What position yeah. does he play? He's a uh, he's a linebacker. Huh. He'd be a good. Uh, I bet he'll be a good uh, immaculate grid guy in a few years. Like Channing I bet he bounces Tindale. around to a few teams. Fourth round pick at linebacker, named Channing. That guy's gonna play on a few teams. Sounds like a game show host. And now your host, Channing Tindell. <laughs> dan, 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 dan. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I really just had the opening riff. I guess <laughs> not more yeah. song than that. Uh, stock down. Yeah. Uh, this one hurts, but uh, Washington offensive line stock down. Mm-hmm. Not looking great. Not looking great. Already looked like it was bad. Looking even worse after that. It is. Uh, can we talk about Andrew Wiley? Let's talk about Andrew Wiley. Can we talk Bro- about Andrew Wiley? <laughs> <laughs> brought him in. Brought him in as a free agent from Kansas City to go along with two intents for the team, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, three years, twenty-four million. So that's an AAV of eight million a year. And uh, forty-one point five pass blocking grade on twenty-five passing snaps, which would put him fourth worst amongst amongst all pass or amongst all tackles in the preseason. Not great. For the commanders to be paying this guy eight million a year, yeah. you think not you think feeling Hal, great about it? You think Hal's going to be running for his life in the regular season? Yeah, I think he is. Which the fortunate part there is Hal can run for his life. He's mm-hmm. quick enough. Um, we got a lot of good weapons, so hopefully they go west coast, just spread and shred. And got good backs out there that can help block, but whew, not feeling good about that line, man. Really not feeling good about that line. Yeah. Do you feel better about them? Do you feel like worse on one way or the other? Like, do you feel 
worse about them as a pass blocking line compared to a run blocking line or just all over I good? always feel worse about teams as pass blocking lines because my thought on run blocking is that at the end of the day if you have a bad offensive line and you want to run the ball just have just do like power just have everyone mm-hmm. dive one direction and just hit the person in front of them don't ask them to think more than that. Don't ask them to have to do two or three things. Don't ask them to double team. Just throw everyone to the right, have them block everyone to the right, and have a running back run between the tackle and guard. Yeah, you got like a running back that's like a big like one-cut running back. Just make the one move, burst through the hole, and hopefully pick up some yards. Yeah, and instead we're going to have five foot two Sam Howe getting crushed by 335-pound defensive tackles two seconds after he snaps the ball. I feel like your other option would be to like run more stuff outside screen passes and hope your wide receivers are good at run blocking. <laughs> you think we can get Corey Davis to unretire and come play for the team? Isn't that his whole thing? He can block. He's like, oh, he's only 28 and he called it a career. Called it a career. Can't blame him. Fourth overall pick. Yeah. Never really but lived up to it. When people talk about people who uh, retired early, they'll be like Andrew Luck, Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, <laughs> Corey Davis. <laughs> Corey Davis. <laughs> I, I love i you know he just kind of came out and was like you know my heart's just not in it anymore i love you is like uh, i just can't maintain this mentality of perfection like Corey, <laughs> i uh hate to break it to you but no one was holding you to that standard i've set such a high bar for myself i just can't take the pressure for maintaining that is this is there a will ferrell bit where he does this there's some no idea bit. i can't remember it hey mm-hmm. you know what movie holds up really well that doesn't get enough credit fucking Castle. wedding crashers Oh, yeah. You were you say Casablanca? <laughs> yeah, this would be a smart ass. Of all the gin joints. so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Bradley Cooper in that? Oh, Hilarious. So Will Ferrell I... scene where he's talking about the 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 guy who uh, hang glides. And he's like, oh, hey, calling me to pick up dinner. Bam, bridge, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> he's like, I... idiot. I still can't watch like a football game without at some point going, that's a sack lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. All right, Mike, you got to stock down. <laughs> I do. I got to stock down for Malik Willis here, man. Ooh. So, yeah. uh, Will Levis, I mean, he couldn't play because of a leg injury, but still, week three preseason, Levis stays in the whole game. Goes 15 to 20 for 211. Uh, two touchdowns, but also two interceptions, and runs eight times for only 17 yards. Breaks my heart, but uh, he's pretty much entrenched as the third-string quarterback, and who knows, he could get Trey Lanced. Not have his leg broken, but get (laughs) traded? Okay. Man, yeah, you know, it's so funny to look back at (laughs) the weird Mike Vrabel versus What's-His-Face Tennessee fight. Who was their GM last year? Ran Carthen? That doesn't sound right. There's multiple people in the world with the name Ran. I don't think so. I thought it was just Paul. Where Mike Vrabel, like, obviously didn't like him, and they had, like, the whole power struggle, and Will, or, uh, 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 Malik Willis ended up as, like, a casualty on the side of it. Mm-hmm. Where, like, they draft Malik Willis, and Frank, God, I keep wanting to call him Frank Wright. Uh, Mike Vrabel is like, nope, not using him. Fuck him. He's going to yeah. sit on the bench. I'm going to draft another guy next year. We're playing Ryan Tannehill. I don't care. Shut up. Cutting off my dick if I make the Super Bowl. You got any other Malik Willis notes there, brother? Nah. Uh, all right, I got uh, I got one more stock up for you. 
Uh, well, technically two, but we kind of already went over one. So just one more. Uh, Daniel Jones, as much as it hurts me to say, stock up. Mm-hmm. Fucking great preseason. Played exceedingly well last year. I still haven't bought any Daniel Jones stock. I'll believe it when I see it, and it'll take a lot of seeing for me to believe it. Uh, but he earned himself a payday. He's got Dabble in his corner. Highest-graded passer in the preseason. Earlier I said Aiden O'Connor was second highest. That's because the highest was Daniel fucking Jones. DJ. DJ. Uh, I think that there's something to be said about his career, career trajectory since that one game on Monday Night Football where he got knocked over by a ghost when he was running. <laughs> since then, it's just been straight to the moon, man. Yeah. I mean, you don't got to convince me. I, as you listen to our bonus pod, I'm all about some giants this year. So... Oh, yeah, you are. You know that the most bet under in the NFL is the Jets? That's smart. All right. Well, good analysis there, Mike. <laughs> just saying, uh, Rogers, is, Rogers, is, uh, Rogers and Russell Wilson could form a club called Cook Quarterbacks United because they're cooked. Ooh. Yeah, they could. <laughs> um, you, got, uh, you got one more stock up and then we'll hit the wheel? Yeah, I got a, one more stock up on a super quick stock down. Sounds good to me. Let's hear them. So, stock up. Which one should I do? I'll do this one here. Uh, since you mentioned the Giants. Underperforming first-round pick, Isaiah Simmons. Snag him for a seventh-round pick when he does have a good pressure grade and you need linebackers? Not bad. I'm calling that for uh, stock up for uh, Cohen and the um, – or Schoen, I mean, and the New York Giants front office. I actually really like that stock up. That's a good call. They got him for nothing. Yeah. And then got him for my... nothing. Like you said, former first round talent. Um, fun fact about him, linebacker, four interceptions. Yeah, because uh in college he was a like he was kind of like a hybrid linebacker okay. defensive back. And I think they kind of used him somewhat in the same way, but I think he played mostly corner last season. You remember Sua Cravens? What is that West Cravens kid? <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless Wes Cravens had a black kid, <laughs> he was uh, uh, he was like one of those hybrid guys that Washington drafted, and then he had like brain damage from uh, CTE from concussions, and then he went to Denver, and now he's out of the league. Anyways, I didn't really have anywhere to go with that. Just want to know if you remembered Sua Cravens. Sad story. Uh, all right, so my quick stock down. I ranted about him last week. Stephen A. and his bullshit sources. <laughs> did you see the Lonzo Ball thing? Yeah, you sent it to me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I did, because I guess he made some other comment where he said he has sources saying that Lonzo couldn't even, like, sit up out of a chair without needing help. And so Lonzo posted a video, like, on Twitter or Instagram of him sitting down and sitting up out of a chair. And he was like, Stephen A., who are your sources? <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, I gotta say, I'm, uh, I'm quite, quite the fan of Lonzo Ball. I, uh, probably like him better than the average um, and I don't like Stephen A. Smith that much. I respect him. Don't really like him. Uh, yeah. So I'm all in for this. I'm all in to be a team Lonzo and against team Stephen A. Love it. All right, Mike, you want to you wanna hit the wheel? We're going to go long in the podcast, but I've been drinking, so fuck it. I don't care. Okay. Fuck it. We're doing it live. Fuck it. We're doing it live. All right. Well, we're not because I edit the shit out of these podcasts. Yeah. I get rid of everything you say. It's usually just me talking. Fourth ball. Cafe, brother. Cafe, bae. Cafe. Kiss All right, face. Mike. I uh, I was kind of hoping for this one. It's something I like, and we'll probably do this. Uh, this one will be one of those that stays on the wheel, and we'll just hit it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. A rule change to fix a league. Ooh. Mike, I'll, you know what? I'll tell you what. As the visiting team, you want to pick the league, and we'll each give a, a rule change to fix it? 
Uh, yeah, let's go with Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. NBA. NBA. You want to go first or you want to receive? I will <laughs> receive. Okay. Uh, so my rule change for the NBA. Uh, I got two of these. You know what? I'll go with this one. I think that they should get rid of the three-point line and instead make it a trick shot-based point system. Alley-oops, mm. we're three points now. Off the backboard that you call, we're three points now. Half court, four points. Behind the back shots, four points. We get a panel of judges like All-Star Weekend. And we have trick shots judged for their point value. And I th- here's why I think this fixes the league. First, it gets rid of the whole standard offense now that's just pick and rolls and three-pointers. It's like the pick and cut and pop out kind of thing that we see with probably six or seven of the teams in the league that that's just their standard offense. And you get high-end teams like Golden State that does it really well where they have five out. And then you get low-end teams that don't do it well, like the Rockets last year. And instead, you replace that with this really fun, odd trick shot offense that everyone has to run. Second, this revaluizes centers. Because if you get a center who can get a little bit of space, bounce it off the backboard to himself and dunk it, three-pointer. You get Zion jumping from the free throw line over someone, four-pointer. And then we can also have a rotating cast of celebrity judges or like professional, like the way the boxing judges do. Yeah. Remember that one slam dunk contest where for some reason Shaq gave Aaron Gordon like an eight instead of a, a 10 after he jumped over a mascot just to end the slam dunk contest. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't give it to celebrity judges, but we should have like boxing judges in there and we'll have them score it the way they score boxing matches mm-hmm. where there's like strict rules for how you have to score it. And there's only a little bit of wiggle room. I think it could be a lot of fun. You'd have to put together, like, a special council to determine what trick shots are fancy enough. Who would you put on that? Who would you put on that council? You have to think of, like, the fanciest, most trick shotty players in the game. Like, let's So think, the Harlem uh, Globetrotters? Oh, that's a good idea. Just bring the Harlem Globetrotters. Bring in, in the Harlem Globetrotters. They'll decide the value of every point. Nah, because they would be like, oh, he didn't go, like, behind his back, bounce it off a guy's head through his legs, you know? And there wasn't, like, a cool, like, little song going in the background. But imagine how exciting it would be when they gave out a four-pointer, or God forbid, like a five-pointer. You'd be like, fuck, that guy nailed that one then. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine LeBron James bounces it off the top of, like, I don't know, Brooke Lopez's head. And it flies perfectly in the air to Anthony Davis, who catches it, goes between his legs, and dunks it. And the Globetrotters give it four points. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right. My my rule change? (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully yours is a little less ridiculous than mine. Yeah, I had one, but it was ridiculous. So I'll go to a more serious one. We need to uh, we need to look at the the assist rules. Oh, I love this. So I think your assist should only count if it's catch and shoot, or if you hit a guy who is like in motion streaking and it leads to a basket. Those are the only two, because your pass very quickly led to the bucket. No, I can't possibly agree with this more. I, yeah. You know, it's better for content when we argue and I'm like, no, you're a fucking idiot. You are completely right. An assist should be a movement that leads directly to the score. Yeah. Like, there shouldn't be any, like, I don't know, dish it inside. The guy, like, makes a move and then scores. Because then it also gets, like, a little arbitrary where it's, like, sometimes an assist isn't called. And you're like, I feel like that one 
wait, so that wasn't an assist, but like this move was an assist. And it, it, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like, maybe I just don't know enough about the NBA rule book, but sometimes I'm confused on when something isn't called an assist. So I feel like if you just made it a more stringent thing, like it directly leads to a basket like that, then you know for sure that's an assist. Yeah, like when James Harden gets an assist because he dumps it into Embiid in the paint, who then backs a guy down for a step and turns and hits a hook shot, and that's a James Harden assist. Bullshit, man. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, if he tossed it up to Embiid, who was in the air and catches it and dunks it, that's an assist. Yes. And the Harlem Globetrotters give that two points. They give it two points. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's my rule change. We're going to do NFL next? Uh, How much time do we have? Uh, let me see here. Like we gotta do yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, we can do. Week. We can do one more. We can do one more. Right. Uh, let's do. Let's do hockey. Let's get a hockey. hockey okay, change. all right. Me... And you, you go first this time. Hey, you go first. <laughs> you got to think of one. Yeah, I think one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, get rid of the uh, uh, offsides pass rules. Hmm. Like you can't carry the puck in after someone has passed the line in front of you. But you should absolutely be able to pass the puck off sides. Oh, no. Yes. That's ridiculous. Because think about it. If if you want to run an offense where you have one guy down at the other end by goal just waiting for outlet passes, you're playing on four against five the whole time. Or even if you want to have one guy who's ready to streak up the ice and get behind everyone, and then you can have your best passer try to weave it through people's legs and, uh, like rocket it up to him so he can just tap it in. Once again, you're still trying to get through the neutral zone four on five. Now I'm saying you can't carry it because that's going to offer an unfair advantage where you're not getting the discount of going four on five, but you yeah. should absolutely be able to pass it off sides. I have an alternate if you really disagree with that. I really disagree with that one. Okay, can I, let me let me hear your disagreement and then I'll give you my alternate. I mean, that's just doesn't make... One, I think the... I mean, I guess... That, this probably goes to your point. I think the failure rate on that would be way higher than the success rate. Like, people will just get hemmed in their zone while some douchebag is cherry-picking on the other side of the ice. Like, I don't see it ever really working for a team. I mean, unless maybe against if you're playing against the Coyotes, you'll probably be safe. <laughs> and I just think it gives, you know, like, on the rush and stuff, it would just give way too much of an advantage. I just, I just don't – I don't like it. I don't like it. But imagine the Capitals playing – four on five with Ovechkin just standing at the point on the other end waiting to get an outlet pass to just rocket it past a goalie he can't move anyways yeah I can't sign off on it okay okay let me give you my 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 alternate much more palatable rule change fucking get rid of the trapezoid let goalies go anywhere behind the net let goalies go stand wherever the fuck they want on the ice and do whatever the fuck they want with their puck. They have a stick that is more of a liability than a help. They mm-hmm. are covered in pads so they can't touch their own toes, and they can't see the puck when they're looking forward. Let goalies go wherever they want. They can go wherever they want. Well, they can't play the puck in the trapezoid. Right. Or out of the trapezoid. I'm saying that let them go anywhere they want with the puck. Let them go into the corner. Let them try to launch it down. If you okay. get if you get forwards who are good with their sticks, who can knock it down, open shot at the goal because the goal is all the way in the corner. The goaltender is allowed to play the puck on their stick and move around freely below the goal line in the trapezoid, but not outside of the trapezoid. Oh, okay. I guess I had that rule mixed up. My bad. 
Yeah, that seems unnecessary. I, the goalie I, I trapezoid could... in the NHL is used to curb goalies from playing the puck in the corners of the defensive zone. According to the uh, NHL rulebook, yeah. a goalie is not allowed to play a puck behind their goal unless they are within the trapezoid. Fuck, oh. you, had me, you had me really second-guessing myself there. Don't worry, Got I'll cut it. all this out so you sound smart. Yeah, no, I get it now. I was getting confused on your term of, like, play the puck because they can play it in front of the goal line or in front of the net, right? Yeah, they can play it in front of the net, but they can't go yeah. play it in the corners. Let them go yes. play it in the corners. I wonder if that's to, like, protect the goalie from getting the shit rocked out of him. I think it's to stop goalies from killing clock by skating uh, all the way yeah. into the corners, which seems like something that must have happened in a playoff game in 2001, so they instilled this rule. If you got a goalie that was just, like, a wicked skater, and he's just, like, going from end to end behind the net, keeping the puck going. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be kind of entertaining to watch? <laughs> that would. It'd be like watching play. a bunch of rednecks try to tackle a pig covered in grease. It's like kicking the Benny Hill music. <laughs> <laughs> Speed it up, Yeah. yeah. I also think that we should let goalies wear an optional amount of pads. They can go up to what they're currently wearing, but they're allowed to wear less. They can't wear more? They can't wear more. Like Actually, was... you know what? Fuck it. Let them wear more. Let yeah, them be completely it... immobile. Yeah, I was going to say, they're just like diminishing their mobility, so it just hurt yeah. them. I'm all and about they... it, yeah. They look like a big <laughs> pussy. <laughs> all right, anyways, those are my three hockey rule changes. Mike, let me hear your hockey rule change. I got a couple here. All right. One... Let's just actually they tie in together. We got to do something about this point system because it sucks. Oh, hell yeah. Point system is terrible. Shootout sucks. And like, I'd rather them just play overtime. I mean, the whole point of the shootout was like, oh, no one wants to see a game end in a tie. But then you got to, like, if you're going to keep the shootout, you got to change the point system. Like, the fact that you can go to overtime and you both get so you go to overtime, you both get a loser point. It just it devalues winning a game in regulation. Like regulation wins should be three points. Overtime. Can I, can I interrupt real quick? Yeah. I just want to pat you on the back. I have been throwing out ridiculous rule changes. You threw out two rule changes that immediately I was like, "Fuck, that's way smarter than anything I said." I, I was trying to be like the yin to your yang, brother. You know. Don't talk about my yang in public. Sorry, <laughs> but. Give them three for a regulation, two for an overtime or shootout, and then get rid of the loser one. point. Actually, I agree with that. Just get rid of the fucking loser point. Get rid of the loser point, man. I actually agree with that more. Just get rid of the fucking loser point. You get two points for winning the game, and like losers shouldn't get points. But I guess if you got rid of the loser point, there's no no point for points. It would just be a record at that point. Yeah, you do two points for a win, one point for an overtime or shootout win. Oh yeah, so that that works the same way. Like, even if you did three, two, one, or you just simplify it even more and just do two, one, yeah, and nothing for being a big fat fucking loser. Yeah, teams yeah, nothing, be, nothing for getting beat. Yeah, teams I feel like would be a lot more incentivized. Well, I mean, they already get the one extra point. I feel like some teams are like, let's just get in there, get the loser point, and then they're not as like an overtime. Well, you can see it when it's ticking down towards overtime. Those last two minutes of regular season hockey games, people just put out their third lines and be like, go kill time. Yeah. Let's get a point and go home, boys. Because you're going to get the loser point, and then you're like, oh, if we pull it out in overtime, then we still get the two. But if there's more emphasis on the regulation when you get people trying to get the game taken care of in overtime, especially when yeah. you take factor in, like point percentage the way it can come into play. Yeah, and then like you said, like if we're if we're doing continual diminishing returns, if we do three points for regulation, win two points for an overtime, one point for a shootout, then teams are gonna be trying in overtime. You're not gonna see this shit where they cycle back to center ice 
to clear everything because they don't like the look they're getting. You got to play some balls out, hard nosed hockey offense because you need to score to get that extra point. Mm-hmm. Do you Fuck, think man, co- great rules? Great rules on both parts by you. I'm just gonna throw this one out there. You think right now you get one timeout and one challenge? Except I believe if you're successful, you get your challenge back. Correct. I don't know, man. There's so many different sports with these rules. I can never remember. Yeah. I know in basketball you don't, and in football you do. That's all I got for you. Yeah. The hockey, like... Oh, no, sorry. You don't in either one of those. Sorry. No. Go ahead. I once heard a... I forgot it was. I once heard someone say, like, in football, if you are successful on two challenges, you should get a third. That I kind of agree with. I agree like, with that, too. That's a good rule. Yeah, like, if you show up the rest twice, and the ref should be like, you know what? We might actually need you later on because we're doing a shit job today. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would just make sense. I don't even know where I was going with my hockey thing with the challenges, so we'll just move on. You know what? Fuck it. Like, uh, I know we're kind of over on time, but not as extreme as we've been in the past. Do you want to just knock out a football rule here? Or what do you got? Holding, five-yard penalty, not a 10-yard mm-hmm. penalty. 10-yard penalties kill an offense. It is, like, the the two biggest factors that lead to drives ending for an offense. I mean, like, ignoring interceptions, obviously, which literally ends the drive. But sacks, like, a ridiculously small percentage of drives that have a sack in them continue on to score points. And holding penalties. Mm-hmm. Holding penalties need to be a five-yard penalty. I get it that it incentivizes people to hold more. They're holding every snap anyways. You're just deciding when to call it and when not to call it. Yeah. You got a football rule for me there, Mike? Yeah, it would be a drastic one. People would not agree. No more quarterbacks. No more quarterbacks. No more teachers. No more books. What's your uh, What's your drastic I rule here? I kind of like college football's passer interference better. Okay. Can you break it down for me? I don't watch college. Pass interference in college football is just a 15-yard penalty. It's not a spot foul. Okay. Automatic and first down or? Yeah. Okay. Um, 15 yards automatic first down. I don't agree with it being a spot foul because then you're saying, oh, if he didn't interfere, the guy would have definitely caught it. When you don't know that, it could have slipped through his hands and hit the ground. Like, you don't know for sure he would have caught it. So I think it's bullshit that it's a spot foul. It should be given the benefit of the doubt that they would have, but we're only going to give you 15 yards and a first down. No, honestly, love that rule. I think that's another you, – you kind of went three for three here. Yeah. Because when – I mean, we're giving – like, there's literally times that people throw – balls that it's just chuck it and get the dpi i mean like that that was like that's like a quarter of the jimmy garoppolo offense when he throws downfield is just throw it downfield let debo samuel be a big physical receiver get the dpi spot foul counts as like a 30 yard completion yeah the big pushback to that is they're like well and people like pass interference is going to increase especially on deep balls because they're like well i'll give them 15 instead of what they might get i i prefer that than just giving them like you know 35 yards on a spot foul because you're insinuating that the receiver would have came would have caught the ball yeah and you know what in in the modern nfl with as much zone as teams play and as good as offenses are getting giving the defense a little extra fight doesn't hurt oh yeah i totally agree with that Like, like and and maybe maybe if you even want to balance it make it a personal foul for a DPI. So if someone gets called for two of them in the game, they get kicked. Yeah. But yeah, that way they're not just mugging people when they're 30 yards downfield because they don't want to get kicked out of the game. But I totally agree. Yeah. The only thing about making it a personal is DPI can kind of get ticky tacky depending on like what 
kind of ref you have that day. That's fair. So, but you know, perfection is the enemy of great. Uh, exactly. Any final thoughts here, Mike, before we get out of here? Uh, now being uh, 8.30 my time, and I still got to edit this shit and get it up. Uh, no, no more thoughts. Fun fun night pod. Fun night pod. Fun Hit night up. Pod. Get ready. There's going to be a lot of wrestling content going on the next couple of weeks. So, wrestling fans, we got two big back-to-back pay-per-views for AEW. Check it out. I pushed back my uh, all-transfer portal team just because I knew we were going to have like wrestling content coming out this week and a busy week on the site so it is uh going to be out next week sounds good to me mike mike mm-hmm. uh you got any final all-in thoughts before the pay-per-view tomorrow you got any last second changes to anything we've said any addendums any extra thoughts that have popped into your little mind in the last 24 hours no most of my th- wrestling thoughts last 24 to 48 have been pretty depressing but I'll, I'll mention that on my my podcast this week yeah you got a, a day you're planning on getting the tapua out uh, get recording done over the next day or so. So hopefully it'll be another Monday drop like last week. Sounds good to me, Mike. Sounds mm-hmm. good to me. All right, let's uh, get the fuck out of here.